morning, brother. How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. I'm well. I'm um, I'm very well, actually. How are you? That didn't sound very convincing, bro. You're going to have to do better than that to convince me. No. I had to reflect on what well actually meant. Like, what does well mean? Like, everyone says they're well. Everyone says they're good. <laughs> but what does it actually mean? So I, I had a, a brief moment of a philosophical inquiry within myself in that brief second yeah. of asking what on earth does well mean? And maybe that's going to be the, the topic of today. Um, I'll say well because I am on top of me. And what I mean by that is I have put my well-being first for the past week. And whilst there is still a great deal needed of me and a, a lot of responsibility and there's things to, to lead and to push, um, which are challenging, I haven't merely just survived it. And upon mm. reflection in the past, there's many instances where I've adopted the mantra, survival is victory which it often is, but I, I want to more than survive. I want, I want to thrive within it. I hear that. And yeah, for me, I, I say quite often, I'm okay. Or I'm fine. And when people ask me that, I'm very, very clear in my head in terms of what I mean when I say that, which is my body is working. <laughs> and there are no visible, or there is no visible trauma that I am currently dealing with. Um, that's pretty much as far as it goes. So yeah, I can I can understand that standpoint. And yeah, it's what we're supposed to say, isn't it? You know, when people ask you after a weekend, how are you doing? They don't really want to know. They kind of want to know, but if the answer is anything other than I'm okay, then- It's too much information. You've just created, you've just created that awkward, awkward environment that you now have to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I think we're gonna. Well, I just literally just just did exactly what um, I was talking about. I think we're gonna delve into this today. Uh, there are a lot of challenges that I'm looking at at the moment, and that's going to be the purpose of part of today's discussion. One of the things that has kind of been surprising to me is um, I was looking at the numbers of how much money I, I've spent since moving into my house, which is just over a year now. Um, so we bought the house and then we identified that it was a fixer-upper, which meant that we needed to invest quite a bit in order to make sure that, you know, in order to make sure the house was kind of livable. Um, and I looked at the numbers maybe about a week ago now as to how much money has been spent on this house, and it just blew me away. Yeah, it blew me away, and we're not done. <laughs> there's still quite a lot to do, and um, within the last couple of weeks, there's actually been quite a lot of outgoings. So I feel like for me, this is a period of regrouping, resetting. I've always been quite a frugal person, so. I'm putting myself in a position where there's just so much money going out and so many people who are calling me boss. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I, I want to get a hold of. Um, and on top of that, I'm doing a lot of activity just to, to make sure that the, the money is coming in. You know, I've got my nine to five and we've got our business, but there's other activities that I'm doing as well. To, to keep the money coming in and you can get yourself stretched qu quite thin. So, um, yeah, I think there's 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 a need to regroup yeah. both financially but also mentally to make sure that I'm still being efficient. And that's the key, that last soundbite. Um, re restructuring for the new season. Because um, linking to a, a conversation that we had offline with Michael Williams, um, Oftentimes, people can take old structures into new seasons and wonder why it's not working when what needs to occur is a completely complete overhaul of the system yeah. that you're, you're currently using so that you can thrive. Agreed. So that's, that's the purpose of today's discussion, really. And 
we both identified that we are now in a season which requires more of us, but there's actually nothing more to give. We have not, there's nothing left in the tank. All of the hours are used up. Um, and something needs to be done. And the way that you address that is to build a team, build almost a personal team. And this isn't just a team of business professionals. This is a team that are going to help you with every element of your lifestyle. Yes. So the purpose of today's conversation is how do you build a team how do you effectively address limited capacity in your life? Mm. Welcome to Expensive Lessons, the podcast where company directors share with you the experiences, the lessons they've learned, um, painful uh, in some cases as they have been, in order to help you develop, grow and learn. Um, I'm really looking forward to this because this is one episode where I do not have the answers. Um, and if you are listening to this and want to provide us with some insight, then I would bite your hand off. So um, you're going to hear some of our challenges that we're facing, and you're going to hear some of the difficulties that we have. And we're going to be posing some suggestions. But you may have already been through this. So if you've got any ideas or any, any anything to add, feel free to get in touch. Let us know so that we can learn from you. Um, but before we delve into that, uh, I wanted to, to touch on our, our weekly segment, which is This Week in Business. And money, 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 money. <laughs> money. <laughs> That's right. So we're going to be talking about the money team general himself. <laughs> the, the pretty boy Floyd, the... The, the the money bag king. He's he was he the guy who created the money phone. Have you seen these memes? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he created the money phone. Um, well, of course, talking about Floyd Mayweather Jr., who had a who had a, a boxing exhibition. I'll be conscious to use the word exhibition with a YouTuber Logan Paul and. The reports vary, but some estimates suggest that he made $100 million for about, what is it? How, how, how long, how, 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 how many rounds? Eight was, rounds? Eight rounds, or at least three minutes. So 24 minutes. Wonderful. For 24 minutes, he made... A hundred million dollars. What do you think, Afilabi? What are your thoughts? My thoughts are that Floyd has the answer to the questions we're posing in today's episode. Um, <laughs> and I say that because I'm tempted to call him a genius. And once again, I want to define the word and in the process of defining the word, I know that this is going to be extremely controversial, but I, I do think that what Floyd has done um, with his with the, the cards that he was dealt was to 100x. And that for me is genius. Um, many people will be aware of the challenges that he has with literacy. Many people will be aware of the background that he comes from. But for him to acquire... I don't even want to use the word earn over $50 million conservative, at least potentially up to a hundred million dollars um, standing in the ring with someone who he should never be there with is incredible for Floyd. Now there are many objections for the sport of boxing. There are pros and cons in terms of um, his opponent will bring many eyes to the world of boxing. There are broadcasters who broadcasted this fight but not uh, title fights, which happened a week earlier because the d level of demand and interest wasn't there. But for me, what he's done is in incredible because he has acknowledged the need and the desire for people to see him in a boxing ring. People want to see him lose. He mm. is 50 and 0. 
irrespective of what you think about him, he has to be at the very least in the conversation of the greatest of all time. Without question. Um, to have done that over two decades, he's in that conversation. So people want to see him lose. People want to see him beaten up. And he knows it. Uh, but he also knows that his skill set um, and his training far surpasses anything that anyone's going to throw at him. He's not going to go into the ring with a 25-year-old light welterweight right now because he knows that would be silly. But he'll happily go in the ring with a YouTube clown who somehow thinks that this is going to be the start of his career. Well, this, this is the point where I disagree with you because I agree that Mayweather's made some genius moves, but I can't underestimate the business acumen of the so-called YouTube clown in the room. Um, let's put this into perspective. We're talking about a, a guy who is about 20, 25, 26 years old. He wasn't born when Mayweather started boxing. There is no reason whatsoever why Mayweather should even know his name. But for whatever reason, this guy has raised a profile significantly enough that he was able to draw in a crowd um, where there was about 50 million pounds worth of paper, $50 million worth of pay-per-view. Now, that doesn't happen by accident. No. If Floyd Mayweather fought me, there would be nowhere near as much attention. Um, this individual, Logan Paul, has 20 million um, subscribers on YouTube. He's got a very popular podcast. Um, and also, um, very interestingly, has got some of the world's most expensive NFTs. Although I'm sure yes. that I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that uh, the value of those have gone gone down quite significantly. He's a very 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 shrewd businessman, and um, that shouldn't be underestimated. Um, what this has done for his profile as a young person who's stepping into the scene is immeasurable, and to see that opportunity where many people would be clowning him, as we've said, I think is a stroke of genius. Who wins? Who wins? Good question. I think... I think they both won. Exactly. I think, I think the only people who've lost are the boxing purists. Yeah. The only people who lost are the people who want to promote the sweet science and talk about the integrity of the sport. They lost. Because what that show is that people would rather watch a spectacle than to see greats battle each other. Um, and, and that's genius. I think for me, we were speaking offline in regards to the level of training that Floyd would have had to go into for this and how it would have been not one iota to the degree of training that he would have gone in for fighting someone like Pacquiao. If if people are willing to pay to watch this, then he's right. It is legalised robbery. Yeah, he's 44 years old. He's 44 years old. He has no business... Getting punched in the head by 25-year-olds. Nice boxing. Uh, but you know what, Floyd, my last comment on this, Floyd, as someone who's not a massive boxing fan, I watch the big fights, mm. but I don't f watch any others. Um, Floyd taught me that there's a major difference in boxing and fighting. As a, as a child, I thought boxing was fighting. And then I came across this guy called Floyd Money Mayweather, who didn't get hit. And realize, oh, okay. So you don't bite one another's ears in the boxing ring. You don't. You don't. You don't spit at each other. There's no low blows. It's about not getting hit. And I think he's applied that same mentality into business, where he is able to acutely execute without major repercussions on himself. Mm. 
for me, I think Floyd has taught me about framing. And that in order for your business, which in this case is himself, in order for your business to be successful, you need to frame your offer right. And I'd say for the last 10 years of Floyd's career, Floyd painted a picture or created an offer for boxing fans, which was basically, come and see me lose. Mm. If you looked at the marketing, the way they approached it, the idea was, I am going to be so outlandish, so cocky, so effectively annoying that people are going to pay in hopes that they will see the point that I lose. This guy is 50 and 0, which means he's won 50 boxing matches, lost none. The end of his career was all about come and see me lose. Come and see me get embarrassed. And it never happened. But even if it did, he would have walked away with a significant payday. And that's the beauty of framing, where you understand what the customers want and you don't... You don't let your ego get in the way of a decent paycheck. And I think the point here is that we see that there are some incredibly skilled boxers who nobody cares about. The average person on the street could probably name five professional boxers mm-hmm. that are alive, that, that are that are working right now. And the problem with the rest is that nobody cares. Nope. Nobody cares about their story. Nobody cares if they win. Nobody cares if they lose. And therefore, nobody's paying to see them. So, my lesson there, that I'll take away from this situation, is make people care. <laughs> whether it's, mm. in, this, in his case, whether it's positive or negative, make people care. Make people invested in the outcome. It's wrestling. Yeah. My lesson is, hey, sorry. Go for it. Uh, pursue, yep. pursue excellence um, in your field, irrespective of the challenges. Floyd has many challenges in life, um, but he has pursued excellence in the field of boxing and has executed in that. And that has brought about so many other opportunities, which he's been able to strategically take advantage of, whether it's fighting a kickboxer, fighting an MMA star, fighting a YouTuber. It, Trump might be next. He's going to go, yeah. <laughs> who knows? Why not? But pursue excellence. Once again, I'd pay to, you'd pay to see it, wouldn't you? Of course. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a, an, a a tale of one of the most accomplished sporting heroes on the planet. Uh, people have suggested that this is going to tarnish his legacy. Um, and Floyd Mayweather's response was that legacy doesn't pay for my kids' shoes. <laughs> yes. And that's the right um, response. Sorry. It, it was in, in reading about this exhibition that I realized, or not realized, I learned that he's not the first. Ali did this. And I didn't realize Ali had these exhibitions at the end of his career. Mayweather was not the first to do this. Um, and the truth be told, in 25 years' time, people are not going to be speaking about the Mayweather-Logan Paul fight. They're just not. Mm, they're not. It'll be an asterisk on this story. Let's talk about, let's talk about challenges that we're facing. Let's talk about how we're going to overcome them. So if I was going to ask you, Afalabi, currently, why is your capacity so limited at the moment? What would your response be? My response would be um, financial obligations and COVID and the restrictions which both have generated. Um, As as a father of two, um, two joyous toddlers is a two-year-old a toddler i don't know correct me people got a four-year-old and a two-year-old and a a wife who 
is extremely farid and family orientated. Mm. But we are about to potentially come out of a second lockdown. Um, and we as a family actually live further away from our families, our extended family. Um, and that was always a challenge anyway. But COVID heightened that challenge because it meant that we were not able to actually see them um, for the genuine love of them, but also not able to capitalize on free childcare and just having people to give my wife and I a break. Um, the, the major challenges I face right now are, are around capacity and being able to ensure that I am able to execute on what I want in my mind, which is practically, I want to be around for my children. I want to be able to give them the time that they need as much as possible. I want to be around my wife and to give her the time that she needs. I want to be around for the, the business and give that as much time as it needs. Um, likewise, the career. And last but surely not least, myself, my own um, development, that being um, spiritual, uh, that being social, that being physical. And me putting that last really highlights the current hierarchy within my mind, which does need to change. So it's, it's the capacity, the capacity to serve all the areas of my life um, in this current climate where the stakeholders which we had, which were able to help us, are no longer available and need to be replaced um, and potentially even supported so that we can do what's necessary. Um, I feel like it was therapy for you being able to share that just now. It's important to articulate it in words because oftentimes we feel that we know what the issue is, but we haven't succinctly um, defined it. And even as I think back mm. to what I said, I haven't succinctly defined it enough. Um, what is the core issues? It's something which I'm, I'm, I'm doing at work because I'm trying to get people to stop highlighting f little fires and mm. help them to see the source of that fire that source of that fire might not be in front of you right now, but the source of that fire is a lack of leadership rigor. You are yeah. just flagging something which is happening right now, but that's not, we can solve that, but the lack of leadership rigor isn't being solved. So what is the core of the issue? Well, the core of the issue is I need to get help mm. and fund it in all areas of my life. Yeah, and I'd, I'd, I'd say I was the same from my perspective. Yeah, there are a lot of demands on my time right now. Uh, I do not have kids yet, so I'm fortunate enough to not have that demand. Um, I have three jobs, and they are three children, incredibly demanding. I also manage a team, and... With that comes a lot of responsibility and a lot of, I was about to say pastoral care. Um, uh, no, yes, you can. But you're, you're dealing with humans. Yeah. And for, for, for that reason, there are a lot of complexities that you, you face, people going through difficult times, especially during COVID. You need to be present for that. Um, and with all of the outgoings that I mentioned at the uh, start of the episode, how do I ensure that I am working effectively um, so that I can cover those outgoings? Also, I've got enough time to be present, mm. to be myself. Yeah. Um, because what does happen and what has happened to both of us in the past is in 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 the aim of trying to be as productive as possible we've lost personality mm. and become almost automated definitely and for you in particular when you have children 
it's it's not an option to become mandrolic. No. So there must be another way of, of, of achieving the same outcome. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. It's, it's, it's fascinating because it's that, that last point is one which I've really noticed in myself in that I'm constantly on the track, going round, doing the laps, that the moments in which I'm asked to actually come off and speak to the media, I don't have anything to say to them. <laughs> I literally have nothing to say. It's almost like the yeah we had a, you know we did a good game the lads you know they all chipped in and you know the the gaffer he he did a good job and you know it's a game of two halves and um, I'm just really 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 happy with the fans you know I'm proud of the fans fans did really well yeah thank you thanks very much that's it um, meaning that there's there's something of me which has been lost in the game yeah um, that personality that the, the game has become my personality. Which is mm. potentially why we, we see so many um, notable individuals who seem so attached to their industry, their craft. And then you hear about the, the personal issues which they have in their life and you wonder, how, how did you allow this to occur? But for them to execute on what they felt they needed to, they almost sacrificed themselves for that thing and they became that thing. And thus they lost everything but that thing. And thus mm. the aim for me is to not go down that road to ensure that almost ironically in the pursuit of doing it for loved ones you do not lose the loved ones mm. yeah then the answer is simple then isn't it we just we need we need to increase our team we just need more people right why don't we just do that Yes. Well, well, first you need to <clears throat> stop and reflect. That's the need. Um, mm. There, there are many, whether it be alcohol anonymous, anonymous or other ministries, I'll call them. But first, you need to acknowledge there's an issue. And yeah, that's the first step: acknowledging that help is needed, and acknowledging why it's taking you so long to acknowledge that help is needed, which will vary from person to person. For some, it will be that. There is a saviour mentality mm. and it has to come through their hands. They've got to do it all. Through others, it's, I actually do not have signposted pit stops within my life for me to stop and think. Mm. Um, for others... Yeah, no, you make, you make a good point, just in the sense of kind of acknowledge that, that there is a need because, yeah, there are there even within the team that I manage, there are people who I who 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 work for me who are arguing that they're stretched beyond their capacity, mm. and to them, I probably are. You need to increase your capacity because if if you're being stretched by this level, yeah, then you're going to be in trouble. Come my level, <laughs> yeah. Exactly that. So, yeah, there is a need to kind of I, I maybe take do some self awareness or some 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 self reflection and determine. Okay, well, could I really be working harder? Um, I definitely don't think that's an issue for you. I think you've been asking yourself that question for the last fifteen years. Mm. And now it's 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 pivoting and, and, and working smarter. And there are these phrases, which are cliche almost, but they, the, the implementation of them at different levels requires mm. different levels of thought. And it's in relation to those who are saying that they're um, at capacity. I think we, we've learned just to not assess people by our own expectations because it, it just doesn't yeah. work. So we left that in our twenties. I think, moving forward in this decade it's now going back to what we have done best which is to view things almost like it's a corporation yeah. and to start developing job descriptions i was, I was saying to my yeah. wife okay you can have the holiday you can go away for five weeks in the summer cool but if we come back and we are implementing the same systems in a new season 
I will be personally aggrieved because it means we would have wasted that time of reflection. Yep, go have your Queen's Day every day. Wonderful. It's going to be incredible. However, we, we actually now need to put together job descriptions for specific roles and responsibilities that we need because we cannot do any everything and everything. Anything and everything. You, you, you say that, and I'm going to highlight a little bit of pushback here, which is not everything is business. Family isn't business. Why are we talking about family like it's business? Yes. Well, the reason I do is if many families function as a business, they would not have so many glaring issues. Um, there, <laughs> there will be truthful conversations. There will be active pursuit of investment. Um, there will be celebrations. There will be accountability and sanctions. Now, many people will object to that idea of thinking of it like a business, but I don't want to people to see the epitome to be business mentality. I, th I think there's something beyond that. I think it's just strategic leadership. Um, it's strategic mm -hmm. leadership which filters into corporations and businesses, but that same strategic thinking should filter into the leading of a family. Okay, um, our children are no longer four and two. They're now eight and six. We cannot do things the same way. If it was a business, you wouldn't be doing the same things the same way. Mm. Year two, the way you functioned, wouldn't be the same as the way you were functioning in year eight. Now that the same principles apply, but some are offended by thinking about it in this corporate style. But all it is is acknowledging that we're leading this and that our leadership is having some form of an impact but it might not necessarily be the desired impact so let's stop and reflect upon what that is mm. yeah I, I, one one of my takeaways from what you just said is that every family every household needs leadership so why not take lessons learned from some of the areas that have perfected leadership mm. Um, when you have stakeholders expecting a return on investment year on year, that's an incredible incentive for you to develop principles and practices yep. that can be used universally. Yep. An example is I... But, sorry, I cut you there. Continue. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I am quite um, habitual in actions. So, for example, I'll, I'll take my son to get his hair cut every two weeks. And I noticed that, well, my daughter's hair is not being done this frequently. Now, now forgive me, ladies. Um, that was an issue for me. Um, my wife's not big on hair at all. So I made a suggestion. Okay, why don't we get her hair done every two weeks? Now... For many, that would just seem like a logical step. But what I had to acknowledge is that actually my wife saw her role, including doing her daughter's hair. It's like, no, 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 no. You don't have to do it. <laughs> we just need it done. But you don't have to do it. Um, and when we moved to the, the strategy of actually, yeah, let's just take her to get her hair done every two weeks. Everyone won. Well, my wife had more time. My daughter's hair was looking crisp. And we, we agreed that actually, okay, this is something that we should be doing more, outsourcing certain things which need to be done. Now, that's a, a minor example, but it could replicate itself in so many areas of our lives. Do we, in the words of Tony Robinson, have to do what we're currently doing? Or should we be treating ourselves like our most valuable resource and saying, if someone else can do it, 70% to the level of capacity that I can do it, I should not be doing it. And that's the conversation and the reflection I want to start going through. What am I doing that someone else could do almost as well to free me up to think? That brings me nicely onto the next question, which is fantastic. Yes. Okay. Well, um, we need to 
find people who can deliver at least 70% of the capability that we're delivering now. Um, however, where are these people? Now that's a challenge. Um, and, and again, I go back to the expensive lessons made in business. So expensive, one of the expensive lessons that I've made and everyone else has made who's been a guest on this podcast is recruiting based on affiliation. Recruiting those who you already know. Because it doesn't seem as um, risky when it can potentially be the worst thing you possibly do. L let's actually formalize this and create job descriptions. This is what I need. Yes, we can speak to our inner circle to see who, who's available, but even that person's on trial. This is my kids. Or this is my wife. This is the, These are really important things which I'm getting other people to potentially manage or even take a lead on. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that role needs to be quality assured. So that means, to answer your question, yes, potentially actually going online. Um, I found a lady um, who lives 15 minutes away from me. Um, in September, she's in the interview to tutor my son. I liked her CV online. I compared her to mm. others. Now, with that job, okay, I want someone to support my son with his numeracy. I Yes, that could be um, a family friend. Yes, that could be the neighbor. But that's just people who are really close to me once again. That might not be the best person for the job. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. And I mean, we're looking at some, some very um, sensitive topics because I think the person who you bring into your home to tutor your son needs to also be aligned with the culture of your environment. Yes. You don't bring just yep. anybody into close proximity with your children. Exactly. But then there are other things that people might need to outsource as well, which are probably lower down the totem pole in importance and complexity, but free you up for with you know so much more time. Maybe, for instance, you find yourself spending a significant amount of time cleaning. Yep. Tidying. And it may be better for you to outsource that activity you know, rather than mowing your lawn for two hours on a Saturday, um, how about paying somebody to do that so you can spend time with your children? Now, I've got to add the caveat that we're not talking, we're not talking to everybody during this podcast, really, because some people should be mowing their lawn still. Definitely. Some people should be mowing because, their neighbor's lawns as well. Yeah, 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 because you need that extra income. Get that money. Um, I think I'm I'm talking specifically for the individuals who are doing a 70 plus hour work week at this stage, um, and I, maybe I'll add that as a caveat. Which is if you are if you're working less than 70 hours a week, then many of the points that we're going to be making probably aren't for you. Some of them still will be, but if you're working less if you're working less than 70 hours a week, then if you're still in the building stage, I'd probably recommend you increase that. If I look at some of the most successful people I know well into their 50s, 70-hour work weeks are probably still quite standard. It's, it's important to know where, where you're at. And this is about... Mm. And, and, and I think we need people around us, especially if you come from certain communities, you might not have this, so we have to actively seek it to help you identify the season you're in. Mm. Um the challenges that my nuclear family have faced during COVID, um, I, I can see it and I'm able to employ delayed gratification and to try to get others to see it. However, that message of me saying, this is a season, would have been better delivered by someone who has already gone through this season. Yeah, it would have it would have resonated a lot more. It would have been received better, and like like anything, um, we we take the advice from people who've done it and got the badges for it. And it might be valuable for 
everyone to identify someone in all the key areas of their lives to play that coach slash mentor role. Because mm-hmm. but when you when you find that individual, you you see the added value immediately. Um, but often we don't have that individual in all areas. So for example, right now I need that individual in health. I need someone who I'm close to and I speak to almost on a daily basis to do what, to give me the feeling I have when I visit Abby and I see him making a banana and kale milkshake and it makes me question, when was the last time I did that? Environment, environment's everything. Environment will condition your thoughts. I have that individual in some areas of my life and and I can see the value, but there are others where I don't. So again, job description needs to be put together. And it doesn't have to be over 500 words, but what are the key bullet points? And actively seek that person. And you'll be surprised. They'll, we've, they'll come about. We, we've, we've said it before, but a really useful exercise is just get a pack of post-its and write down every task you find yourself doing on a weekly basis. And then those, put those tasks into a matrix um, urgency versus importance um, or even simpler just put them into two piles tasks that you want to do and tasks that you don't want to do mm. um, and with all of the tasks that you don't want to do shape a job description out of it you know you may have some maintenance home maintenance tasks for instance that could be outsourced to some sort of um cleaner on task rabbit or yes. um uh, or, or just an individual on just on on your road you need some extra income um you may have some childcare responsibilities you may have just a task of i need to get somebody from a to b i need to take my child from here to here mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be you nope it may be somebody who would be willing to pick your child up and drop them off and pick them up and take them home again. Um, but then on top of that, there are also technological solutions that you can use to improve your outcomes. Um, one of the most popular that have come through the pandemic is just delivering everything. Mm. Um delivering everything now i was shocked when my wife decided that she wanted to use an uber to drop a bag off from one place to another yeah and but i get it literally just put put the bag in the back of an uber (laughs) and send it send it on its way um why not why not use technology to, to answer some of these questions if you're if you're limited on time? I Ubered my wife's car keys to her. Somehow, <laughs> my wife, my darling wife, um, besides Comacore, had locked herself out of the car, which is completely fine. It's not that big a deal. It's only 20 miles away from where I was. But unfortunately, our daughter was in that car. Um, and the great thing is, um, our daughter was just loving it. Because she knew what was happening right now. She was like maybe <laughs> one and three quarters, fully aware that mum had locked her out. Was looking at mum. She was frant- pointing and laughing. <laughs> frantically trying to get into the car. And she was pointing and laughing. Um, I've got a decision to make. Do I leave where I am to go and open that door and then commute back? Uber. Uber the key. Fortunately, I had the key. But yeah, and, and that's that's the question really, which is, you know, we, there is no direct solution here, but it's how can you utilize tools, human resources, other resources, just to streamline your life. But that first task of writing down a list of all of the activities that you tend to do on a weekly basis and determining which ones have to be done by you. Yeah. Really, really key. Um. Okay, well, we found some individuals. You know, you found a cleaner, you found a, 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 a tutor, you found somebody to 
um, help you pick up, drop off, um, gardener. Yep. <laughs> improve your health. You've got a personal trainer. All of this stuff costs money. Yep. We're not. We're not an endless resource here. And many people probably have been asking this self, asking themselves this question all through this episode. You've been talking about cleaners and. You've been talking about tutors, etc. Well, who's paying for this? How do you address that? How do we actually? How, yeah, when we're not endless wells of, of mm. wealth, how we how are we going to pay for this? My answer to that is, in terms of the steps, first acknowledging the need, um, second, like formalizing the need, and in the process of doing that, actually putting that need into thought constantly whether you are someone who is spiritual or you are someone who's just a deep thinker you will gravitate to what you need i think about that that first car purchase and you'd identify the car that you wanted and suddenly you start seeing that car everywhere like your your mind had now pinned it as something which was a priority so you started to notice it and what we will start to notice is the opportunities to get it now those opportunities might be things which you can do those opportunities might be um, added value that you can give but the, the final step for me is identifying what am i willing to pay for it and when will it occur so once i've got my my list of needs um i might be willing to pay more for a tutor than a gardener um but even though the garden is cheaper, I will hold off and get in the gardener until I have the tutor and then go through the list, equating the cost, mm. equating how that cost can be potentially achieved. Is that with me cutting back on certain things, which I'm currently wasting money on, or is that me actually continuing to think about that need and getting to the point where I can understand how I can add additional value to earn that additional income to meet that need being paid for and just, and go through that list that's what i'm currently doing and that that helps me to see the need being achieved now the different personality types mm. um my wife's a very different personality type that doesn't work with her because what she sees is the reality it's quite pragmatic um but the need has not been met mm. for me it's no no the need will be met because we are living in that thought process. These homes, these material possessions, these accomplishments were all the initial thoughts, which we, you individually, I had thought about so much so, and now they are here. We'd put them into prayer. We'd create action plans for them. And we're now living in them. So what I'm about to do isn't superior than what has been done beforehand. It's actually inferior. But the problem statement, there's an there occasion where the problem statement was, how do I get 300,000 pounds to buy a house? That was a much bigger problem statement than the problem statement that we're about to deal with right now. Mm. Oh, it's, it's, it's a fair point. I think you've, you've, you've pulled out a few uh, really imp important ideas there. I think the first one is, to distinguish between a want and a need. I think we all want a cleaner. Every, nobody really wants to have to clean, so we do want a cleaner. But do you need a cleaner? Mm. Without, in, without somebody helping you with some of the housework, does that mean that you're going to bed uh, after midnight mm. every day, which isn't sustainable, if you know that you need to get a certain amount of sleep, sleep each day? At, at what point does a want turn into a need? Well, if you are, if you are doing things which are negatively impacting your health or well-being, then you need to solve that problem, and you should be willing to spend money to solve that problem. And there are a bunch of different ways that you might want to do that. I think the other point is around return on investment. How much is your time worth? If you find out that your time is worth, let's say, for instance, just on average, your time is worth £25 an hour. That means that when you are mowing a lawn for two hours, 
effectively, mentally, you have just spent fifty pounds. Yeah. But if someone's willing to mow your lawn for ten pounds an hour, you just made a saving, effectively. Yes. If you know how much your time is worth. So I th- I think it's very important that we frame it in a sense of how much is my time worth? As we are doing some of these low labor activities, if we were to free ourselves up as a thinker, as an achiever, so that we weren't doing, we weren't, you know, we weren't posting packages. We weren't responding to, to low level queries. Mm. We were doing the high level thinking. How much more could we achieve when almost those shackles of unskilled activity is taken off? It's so, it's so important. Um, it's spoiler alert. Um, Abby and I write a book, and the third chapter of that book includes thoughts around gathering resources and the need to identify value, um, putting together the success criteria to identify value and also knowing when that value is actually being met. And it's in that thought process that you are freed because with the same analogy of you've just spent 50 pounds um, to mow your lawn rather than paying someone else 20 pounds, it, it's, it's immediately a win-win situation. We've talked about some of the low-level activities, but let's talk about some of the more complex activities. We run a business, and one of the more complex activities that we have to do as part of running a business is dealing with customers, engaging with their unique queries, complaints, requests, etc. Um, and many of the people listening to this right now may be going through some of the similar experiences of responding to client customer requests. Mm-hmm. The idea of handing that task over to somebody else could be quite bewildering because of how complex it is. You respond to your customers in a specific way. You respond, to, you tend to respond between um, uh, this particular time and that particular time. Um, if they ask a specific question, then you know there's a very nuanced response in certain instances. How do you even begin mm. to get somebody else to start mm. doing that for you? It takes up a lot of time responding to customers, for example. Um, but it's the lifeblood of your business. How do you even begin to hand over something that complex? You begin by beginning. Um Expensive lessons. One of the biggest expensive lessons I made was not upskilling those around me quick enough in terms of what I do. And when you think about it in terms of worst case scenario, you are just incapacitated for a period of time. It does not make sense for you not to invest and to do it now. Um, prime example, um, our operations manager, who is incredible, um, better than I am when it comes to customer service, and that's one of the limitations that people sometimes feel that, oh, the person who I train won't be as good as I am. No, they might actually be considered better. And it was on holiday this week. So our operations assistant was leading on customer service. And because our operations assistant hasn't been investing in and in, in upskilled to the same degree as our operations manager, there are certain queries which she could not um, respond to on her own and thus had to seek support and advice in terms of how to respond to that. And that happened every single day. Now, I was fine with that because she's at the standard which I expect her to be at. During normal times, she would not be expected to engage with that level of complexity. However, it did highlight that we now need to start investing in her so that she can do. So that it's not only um, the senior leaders within the, the, the company who can engage with that but those who are lower down can also do so. Why do we want this? 
so that we just free up capacity. My, I'm, I've been freed up from that completely. What would happen if my operations manager was freed up from that to a certain degree as well? Mm-hmm. Now think about what her time's worth and where that could now be placed and what she could now be thinking about. We can't afford not to start now. So my takeaway is simply that a short period of inconvenience by way of training and upskilling and investment pales in comparison to the long-term benefit of having somebody to manage some of the complex tasks you have on your plate. It's like cloning yourself. It's like having another you. Um, and it takes time. If it was if it was quick to upskill somebody to your standard, it would demonstrate that you weren't actually doing anything particularly valuable. Yeah. But the fact that you can commit time and effort to building somebody up, and that person can make your life considerably easier, mm. as well as themselves becoming a lot more effective and competent, likely in more than one area, everybody wins. The short-term inconvenience you forget about. Yes. It won't, you won't even remember it um, if, you've, if you've trained a competent, skilled individual. Um, the yes. point there is that you have to select the right individual. Don't select somebody who's going to take your upskilling, or take your training, run away. Find somebody who believes in your vision and is there for the long haul. Mm. Or at least for for a decent amount of time, so you don't have to look again for somebody to help. Um, in 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 a very short period, and and you improve through the process. Mm. So, greats are masters at simplification, at simplifying, but almost detest things being made vague. Um, mm. Working in education, that being my passion, one thing which has almost been a eureka moment for people when I've mentioned it is that they need to make themselves obsolete. They, they need yeah. to develop others to be able to do exactly what they can do. Um, and when I visit struggling environments, it is, it's just a common denominator. There's been no investment in leadership. Uh, people don't get it. They don't get that they're meant to replicate themselves. And they don't get that actually it is a mutually beneficial exercise because if you can prove that you can replicate yourself, you are the most valuable person in your organization. You are the one that they want to keep, that they will pay excesses amounts to keep. You're also the one who's able to walk into a room and show like tangible impact that you are able to improve those who are already there to execute on a higher level. It took us almost an hour, but I think we've got our title for this episode, which is Replicate Yourself. Yeah. It's what we're talking about here. And if you can de- develop a formula which allows you to replicate yourself in multiple different areas, then you win. Mm-hmm. And so do the people around you. Um, so that's going to be my commission for the next week, which is I'm going to just spend some time writing a formula for how I replicate myself in different areas. Yes. And... Develop some costing for it as well and give myself the challenge of reducing my capacity by 20%. I'll let you know how I get on. That's the last word from me. What about you, Afalabi? Sorry, I'm I'm still just just absorbing that 20% challenge Mm. because that's, that's a game changer. And thus I'm, I'm, I'm adopting the challenge also. I, I really hope that this was beneficial to some who currently feel tired, feel exhausted, and are in a state of constantly feeling tired. And to help them to understand that, well done. You are close to or have mastered your level. Um, but you're, you're now in a new one. <laughs> and that's going to require you to optimize all operations. And you are a corporation. 
you have friends, you have children, you have spouses, you, you've got relationships which need to be served, you have business which needs to be served, you've got a career which needs to be served. It can be done and is being done on social media because people have teams. So let's not be deluded to feel as if everyone is doing it themselves because they're not. There's a team. So who's in your team right now? It's a great way to end on. This has been, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of Expensive Lessons where company directors share with you the fruit of their labor, the lessons that they've learned um, as they've gone up and down in their careers and currently are looking at a transition or a new chapter in their lives. Um, we just, yeah, as I said, we don't have the answers to this one. We, we're, we're trying to figure it out, but in trying to provide advice and support to you, we're also kind of ministering to ourselves. If you've got any answers, any suggestions, please get in touch, help us. I mean it, help us. And yeah, we just look forward to the community sharing insight and developing together over the years to come. We hope you have a fantastic week and we'll see you soon. God bless. Take care.